0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to our Texans Vikings postgame show. Joining me as my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie like myself and a long time journalist, Stephen Kerr. 60 years of experience in sports journalism between the two of us. A lot of years covering Houston sports and Stephen you can officially put this Texan season on ice. This was one of those where Deshaun and the offense didn't feel like doing their homework all year. And then they just tried to pull out that grade in the final, you know, they tried to pull out their grade in the final basically.
1: Yeah. They, they crammed the night before final exams stayed up until three or four in the morning and failed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I will say one thing, Robert, at least this game, While it didn't start out very exciting, certainly not very exciting in the first half, it ended up being exciting and just the the Texans almost pulled it out. Uh, But, you know, almost doesn't count. 0-4 is 0-4. It doesn't matter how you slice it, dice it. You know, it's still the same. It's still very disappointing and, and bitterly disappointing, especially the way it ended. What we're saying is they deserve to lose this game, basically. Well, they did, honestly. I I mean you can't you you can't fault the officiating. You can't you know, even the the fact that they they ruled that Fuller didn't have possession of the ball. Either way, you know, the Texans had other chances to pull this game out and they just didn't do it. And they the the off you, you can't keep going out in the first half, Robert and Essentially missing the alarm and you know waking up an hour hour and a half later and trying to run on the field and get it done you you've got to play sixty minutes of football period and the Texans clearly haven't done that all season. Oh yeah, no question
0: about it. And twelve thousand one hundred two fans saw this game. At NRG Stadium, I feel sorry for anybody who's paying for this garbage. You don't get to tailgate. There's no crowd experience. There's no buzz. I saw one fan with a bag over his head, Stephen. It reminded me of the, of the old Saints
1: of the '80s. The Aints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if when the bags are going to start coming out, and yeah, it, it just the, this whole season is just crazy. And you know, when they do have fans there, they witness the you know they, they obviously go home disappointed. And I even heard some boos uh, in the late in the second half with some of the running plays when the Texans were trailing. So, you know, they, they at least got to show their frustration and, and, you know, do some booing and do a little bit of cheering here and there. But, yeah, 12,002, that's a pretty low thing there, but, of course, necessary. Coming into this week,
0: the Vikings were the third worst defense in the NFL. The Texans looked like they had no idea that that was even possible in the first half. You talk about the run issues with the Texans. It was real interesting stat that John McClain tweeted before this game. He said the Texans have two bad problems. They can't run. They're 31st in the NFL, and they can't stop the run. They're 32nd in the NFL. That's a bad combination. And, Steven, it, it happened again. I mean, that's, that's the Texans in a nutshell right there. I mean, that's NFL football.
1: Yeah, it did happen again. And I think I saw something else, too, that entering today's game, the Texans uh, gave up 250 yards rushing in the fourth quarter. Now, I think the Ravens had about 150 of those yards. But it seems like the fourth quarter, that's when the run defense takes over. And the Vikings just, you know, they eat up huge chunks of yards. Dalvin Cook, just a, amazing. Just, just bowled his way through the Texans' defense. I mean, obliterated it, uh, both in statistically and just physically, he just power bulldozed his way through. 27 carries 130 yards,
0: 4.8 yards per carry, two touchdowns for Dalvin cook. They averaged 4.1 yards per carry. The Texans averaged 3.7. The difference is they ran the ball 40 times because they were having a little bit more success. The Texans ran the ball 26 times because they, they weren't having the success and we're going to get, more on that in just a bit, but you know we got to talk about Deshaun Watson and Stephen. He's concerning me. It, it's getting it's getting worse and worse almost by the week. I just don't like the way he's looking right now. I'll start off with the first drive. Look like Brandon Cook it was three and out. Look like Brandon Cooks might have dropped the third down pass, but Deshaun throws it into double coverage. I see Will Fuller had his man. Uh, just behind him a little bit. He had a slant route that could have turned into a huge play. Deshaun just missed him. He was looking right at the guy, right at Cooks up the middle. I think it was Cooks. And he he tries to force it in there instead of going to Will Fuller. And, you know, it's like you're looking right at him. It's 10 yards down the field. You could see where the where the you know the safety's moving over in, the, in that direction. And it was just stuff
1: like that all day that bothered me. You're right, Robert. And it's not just the decision-making about Deshaun that worried me in this game. But especially in the first half, he just wasn't throwing the ball accurately at all. There there were several passes to Cooks that were either too low, too wide. And, you know, they were passes that the vintage Deshaun Watson would make. But he was just he was throwing about as poorly as I've ever seen him, especially in the first half. I mean, he looked better in the second half. But but even then, there were still one or two passes where he was just throwing it wide of the receiver it seemed like it was mainly to Cooks that he was missing on but you know he, even some others so yeah it isn't just the decision making it was just the accuracy of Deshaun that i think had the texans offense in trouble today a couple of things on the second drive that really bugged
0: me again this, this is part deshaun just the offense in general but there's a play on the second drive where deshaun has 5 seconds to throw he holds the ball forever you know he should have gotten sacked except he's Deshaun the whole you know middle of the field was open he he could have recognized that and just run the ball what's the point Stephen of him being Deshaun Watson if he doesn't understand that and Bill O'Brien has got to incorporate some offensive plays Bill O'Brien by the way your new offensive coordinator, so now he's the GM, the head coach, the emperor, the dictator, and the offensive coordinator.
1: Well, and I believe that was on third down, was it not? It it, it basically stopped the Texans again. So I think it was second second down. Was it second down? Here's
0: what happened on third down. This is what I don't like about what, what happened here is Deshaun, he gets sacked on third down. Vikings bring five guys. The Texans did a terrible job of picking it up. Deshaun saw a guy coming at him who wasn't blocked and held the ball instead of throwing, uh, or instead of knowing where he could throw it. He also had two receivers in the same area in the middle of the field. So they were basically being covered by one Viking defender who was a middle linebacker who didn't even have to move. I mean, it's just it looked like the receivers screwed up. Deshaun screwed up, the offensive line didn't know what they were doing. And and this is a issue with the offensive line, too, Stephen. And, and it bugs me in, in that. I don't think these guys are necessarily, necessarily all that bad. I just feel like a lot of times when I watch the Texans, it's the same problem. It's they don't know who to pick up. You know, They don't know what to do when, they, when you bring guys. Now, either right. that's a Deshaun recognition thing, or it's an offensive line coach that's not doing his job. But, I mean, these guys are talented, the offensive line. They can hold up. There are times where Deshaun has tons of t- time to throw the football, Stephen, but... It, That's an issue on all different areas of the tech. This is, there's multiple things breaking down here.
1: Yeah, it's, they're not reading the defenses. And, and what's worse about that possession, Robert, is that the Texans started on their 15. It was a three and out. So they gave the ball back to the Vikings and they only had to go 56 yards to score that touchdown to, to put them up seven, nothing. So yeah, a three and out deep in their territory, you know, the, the run blocking once again, not quite there. The, the pass blocking, they had trouble. It it does seem like everybody on the offense is just having trouble picking up the defense and what to do. So the third drive, and, and I like going through these drives because you just want to see where the breakdowns were.
0: And it's, it's one first down and punt. Drive ends on what looked like a pass interference by our own Lamar High School's Holton Hill on Kenny Stills. Might have got away with something there. His arm was all over Stills. What made me laugh, though, Stephen, and this is what it made me laugh in just a way that you know that that's bill o'brien's crazy weird stupid move is that you know
1: deandre hopkins would have caught that ball remember him yeah deandre hopkins ah yes yeah it, it always seems we're we're talking about one maybe several plays that are several calls play calls that should have been called or shouldn't have been called and that was one of them yeah deandre
0: also would have helped you in the red zone stephen i mean that's a problem all game long, for the, that was something that they just didn't handle very well. They had, what is it three chances in, in the in, at the ten yard line or deeper, and they they couldn't score. Well, a they touchdown.
1: had two inside. Yeah, they had two first and goals and missed on both of those. They did score one, but yeah, they were six of seven in the red zone scoring touchdowns coming into the game. But yeah, they they clearly they had it uh, in at the, inside the ten and one, and then I think inside the eight in an, another and didn't convert either one of those having to settle for field goals. You know that, well, it, it turned out that would have been big in this particular game, the way they finally came from behind and almost tied it.
0: Right. And so the fourth drive, 10 plays, 43 yards. They, they get a, a fair 50 yard field goal. Once again, though, Deshaun with a panic pass to Cobb on second down, which was a bad pass. And on third down, he almost tries to scramble, but then he had his last second pass to cooks knocked away. So I, I, didn't like, you know, just the way he was playing there. The fifth drive, the last drive of the half, two-minute drive, uh, seven play, 58 yards. Fairburn gets a 28-yard field goal. Deshaun with the first and goal at the 10. This is one of those ones that they're either at the 10-yard line or deeper, and he couldn't get a, a yard at that in that situation. On first down, he's got Duke Johnson wide open at the 10. Nobody within 10 yards. Didn't even bother looking at Duke. Ends up scrambling, barely gets back to the line of scrimmage for no gain. But it's just like one of these. I mean, the whole first half, Stephen. This was this was the story. It was Deshaun, you know, just making bad decisions all over the place.
1: Yeah, it just. I, and I know. And as you said, Robert, it just seems to get worse every week. The decisions he's making, and and the throws he's making, and uh, that that has to trouble you. And it kind of makes you wonder, though. He got a, a shot of energy in the second half. Looked much better. But as I said, the, the Texans can't afford to keep coming out and playing these types of first halves. They just can't. I mean, it's one of the big reasons they're 0-4. They're, you know, if they keep doing that through the entire season, <laughs> they could be looking at 0-16. But you, you've got to come out a lot stronger in the first half and not wait until the second half, come out, start calling some great plays and making great plays. It's got to happen in the first and second quarter, too. And Deshaun just clearly didn't have that today. What did you think of old B.O.B.
0: who was back calling plays? Did you see anything that you thought, oh,
1: it looks good. I'm excited. Bill O'Brien's back calling plays. I, You know, it's funny. I, I think right before the game, I saw a report that he was going to, quote, unquote, have his hand more in the play calling. Well, it makes me wonder how much of a hand has he had in it, you know, even with Tim Kelly supposedly calling him in the first two games. I mean, I, I didn't notice a difference unless he started doing it in the second half. Maybe that's when he started doing it. I don't know, because the, the second the third quarter just looked completely different from the first and second. So maybe that's when he actually stepped in and started doing it. I, I don't know. It, it it's just such a fiasco, Robert, that you you can't have consistency not only in the way you play, but in who's calling your offense and who's calling your defense. That that just it, it's poor leadership in my opinion.
0: Right, and you know, you mentioned the second half. He comes out seven plays, seventy-three yard drive. There were definite things that, or there were definitely things that I I was more excited about. He throws a, a touchdown to Fuller, twenty-four yard touchdown pass. Fuller much more involved in this game. Made a couple of great plays. The near great play at the end, which we're going to get to in a second. Next drive, six plays, forty-eight yard drive. A- again, you know, they get stymied right near the goal line. Fairbairn, twenty-five yard field goal. It's now 17-16. Then they get a three and out. And for the millionth time, Stephen, and i we're so tired of this, aren't we? O'Brien decides to run on first down. He gets nothing out of it. I, it just it, This is not what a current NFL offense does, except the Texans just insist on doing that, and they're not good at it.
1: Period. Well, I, I think John McClain had it right when he kept tweeting, you know, how many times is, is David Johnson going to run for two on first down, run for two on first down? I mean, that, that's it's about as predictable as it gets. And, yeah, I, I lost count of how many times the Texans ran on first down to Johnson. So, you know, clearly the, the play calling, no matter who's calling the play, you can flip the baton and play hot potato all you want. But it still seems to be about the same, especially when it comes to first down. So
0: the next drive, you know, they're trying to play catch up eight play 77 yard drive defense. We're going to get to them in a second. But, you know, they were putting him behind the eight ball most drives the whole game. But Deshaun gets gets it to a wide open. Kenny stills 24 yard touchdown pass. They, they pull within eight. The defense then holds. You get the ball back. Will Fuller, you know, the touchdowns overturn the call you agree with by the letter of the law, the current NFL you know, without replay, old school NFL, but we know that wasn't going to get overturned. The play that I got to ask you about, though, Steven, third down, I, I had no problem with them running the ball first and second down when they're close there because, you know, you don't want to leave two minutes on the clock. Right. You had plenty of time. Right. Yeah. You don't want to leave two minutes on the clock for the Vikings because even if you score and you get the two-point conversion, it's a tie ball game. Vikings have plenty of time left and they've got some timeouts. So you run the ball, you take away the timeouts. If you don't if you get in great, if you don't get in, you know, you've taken some time off the clock. The first two plays uh I'm fine with. The third down play, they lose 4 yards. David Johnson fumbles the pitch play. What did you think about that? Cuz you're you're now within like you're within a yard or two. So you're running a play there that's kind of wide, but if David Johnson catches the pitch, He's got a one-on-one matchup. You would hope that the guy that you traded DeAndre Hopkins for would make the, make the guy miss. But, I mean, I don't know. What did you think of that play?
1: Yeah, it was scary. I, I thought for sure he, it, it looked like he he was trying to pick up the ball and run with it, and finally, you know, as the Vikings were closing in, he's been like, oh, I better just go down and, and just take the loss. But it it really scared me when he kept trying to pick it up and run with it. it. It could have been even more catastrophic if he had lost it again and the Vikings recovered, it just not the smartest play in the world, certainly. And it lost him four yards. And frankly, if he does
0: pick up the ball at that point, it's too late. The defender, the guy that he was going to have to beat was right on top of him. So, you know, you had to do the smart thing. You had to jump on the football at that point, but that was the costly thing because if you're at the two yard line, Steven, that that's when you can just go, let's do something where we roll the out. If there's something there, he can go or he can cut back in the middle or something like that. And if he if there isn't something there, he's got the, the chance to throw the ball. You're five yards out at that point. At five yards, you, you're pretty much forced to have Deshaun throw the ball.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I'd, I'd have to can't, – can't
0: argue on that play at all. So we go over to the defensive side of the ball, and, of course, obviously that's the ball game right there. Defensive side of the ball, I mean, ugh. the one positive, uh, the first drive ends at midfield – Whitney Merciless uh, apparently finally got a ticket to a football game this year. Uh, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and three quarterback hits. He got that sack to end the first
1: drive. Whitney Merciless showed up. He did. I thought maybe you pounded on his door and woke him up finally, Robert. Maybe he uh, got to the game early enough and was able to get, but it was impressive. And uh, P.J. Hall, you know, I've I've really been impressed with the way P.J. Hall has played off and on. He's looked pretty good. He got him a sack, too. So. The the Texans were putting pressure on Cousins, but oh my goodness, the coverage, the coverage, and and just the run defense—it's not there. Second drive, seven play, fifty-six yard drive.
0: Dalvin Cook—we talked about what he's done. Five-yard touchdown. Third drive, three and out. They punt, and then DeAndre Carter, who I, I I did say this last week, Stephen. I said, what is DeAndre Carter doing on this team? What is he giving you? Is it the electric punt returns? Is it the electric kick returns? Is it the great receiving? Is it the fumbling the football occasionally as a as a punt returner? What, what what do we like about DeAndre Carter?
1: No, I think what you what you actually said was how is it that DeAndre Carter still has a job? And you tweeted that out today and I saw it and I chuckled because I knew that's what you were going to say. I think my response last week was because there's just nobody else, but you I mean, you you can't You can't find somebody off the waiver wire who could, you know, at least be a little better than that. Oh yeah. That my heart just went into my mouth when he fumbled that punt.
0: So that set up an easy field goal, 10 to nothing at that point. Um, Then the next drive, 12 plays 75 yards, just cramming it down the Texans throat. You got a seven yard touchdown by Dalvin cook. And he broke four Texans, pathetic attempts at tackling on the touchdown. And Steven, this tackling, ugh, it is terrible, terrible tackling by this entire Texans defense. And let me just say, I, 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 I tweeted it out, I probably talked about it before. Bernardrick McKinney is stealing money. I mean, if he wasn't guaranteed the money, you could just, you would have no reason not to just cut him and bring in some journeyman that could at least tackle somebody. I mean, he has a bunch of tackles in this game. But when you tackle guys way down the field, who cares?
1: Yeah, it's too late by that point. And, you know, the, the tackling almost reminded me of the way the Longhorns have been tackling this season, particularly against Texas Tech, and they they missed some against TCU on Saturday. Yeah, the, the tackling is a, a definitely a major problem. I don't know how many times Dalvin Cook broke a tackle, broke a tackle. If he wasn't bullying his way through, he was just breaking tackles and getting free. And that's certainly one of the reasons that I think the, the Texans run defense just isn't that good is that they, they, they clearly need to go back to the fundamentals of tackling. So you had two drives basically
0: that ended the first half that they scored on. So they, they get uh, up 17-3. to three. The, the, there's, they, get, they get the ball back one more time, but they, they run out the clock. It's just a few seconds left. Starts the second half. Merciless again. Starts a, a half with a big sack. It's a three and out. So you're thinking, oh, the Texans defense, they're starting to get it together. They look excited. They, they're they looking emotional. But then there's a five-play, 38-yard drive that ends with a, luckily they got a Bailey missed 55-yard uh, field goal. So they got a, a Bailey bailout, but that was a tough field goal. Then seven-play, 56-yard drive, Cousins to Thielen, nine-yard touchdown pass. Not only was there, I think, a holding on that play, but they also caught the touchdown pass on on the same cornerback was that Roby? That that was, it all- was yeah, I believe it was Roby. So the next drive, once again, you know, three straight drives, scoring drive, six play, seventy-three yard drive. Madison with a four-yard touchdown run makes it thirty-one to sixteen. Then there's the one first down and and they forced the punt, which gives the Texans a chance to to tie the game at the end. Defensively, though, the one thing that I, I, I leave besides the the continuous missed tackles and the continuous terrible job against the run is J.J. Watt, Ugh, no sacks, no quarterback hits, pretty much invisible. He made a couple tackles, but that was it.
1: Yeah, you just you're hearing his name so little. I I could count on one hand how many times. And you know the the way that the Texans just giving up. They made the rookie uh, Justin Jefferson. He's a rookie. They they made him look like. DeAndre Hopkins, or, or a star wide receiver. I can't tell you how many great catches he made downfield. And, uh, you know, a lot of it just goes back to the coverage. He got, on that last one, a great catch to the Texans 44 when uh, the Vikings made it 31-16, to 16, and many catches like that. Guys wide open down
0: the field, and uh, one thing we got to mention again, I think we talked about this last week. They are now up to 16 quarters, the Texans' defense, without doing what? Stephen, what haven't they
1: done in sixteen quarters? Without making a turnover, without, I mean, those those are the game changers. You know, who knows the way how this game would have turned out if the Texans had just made a turnover? But in four games, as you said, sixteen quarters, they have a total of zero zero turnovers. So that in itself, this is absolutely not a big play defense. If you're wondering, well, could have
0: somebody like say Earl Thomas helped you? Well, according to Jason Lock on Fora, it was the Texans' players who went to the higher ups and said, "We don't want Earl Thomas in the locker room." It wasn't necessarily Bill O'Brien, you know, putting this kibosh on this thing. They made it out, Stephen, to be kind of this is a, you know, with the COVID stuff, we can't bring anybody into work. Out. That was a, the one misdirection that. I think Bill O'Brien's offense has run all year. Is that
1: that misdirection? Yeah. The misdirection and it's still, and it still kind of fell lame because I don't think any of us believed it, but no, if that is indeed true, Robert, it doesn't surprise me. You know, players around the league talk, they, they knew who this guy is. A lot of the Raven players, when he got into a fight in practice, you know, went to coach Harbaugh and said, this guy needs to be off the team. So even his own players wanted him off the team. Players talk. So, you know, the Texans players had to know the guy's history and, and what happened, and that was the last thing they wanted on the team. So if that is true, it wouldn't surprise me a little bit.
0: Any other things that you saw or stuff that we haven't touched on in this one?
1: Well, of course, the the unfortunate hit to Jordan Aikens that put him out of the game. He was entered the concussion protocol or was being examined by a concussion. You know, they were certainly right to throw Harrison Smith out of the game. That, you know, Aikens has had a fine season just unfortunate that happens. You hope that he can, you know, if not next week, certainly the week after, bounce back soon and not have any lasting effects. But yeah, that that was a definite targeting, and it's a good thing they did get Smith out of there.
0: It was interesting watching the game because the what you looked at was a team that looked like they didn't know what they were doing with Deshaun Watson at times because they weren't running Deshaun Watson. with. There were no design run plays for Deshaun Watson in the first half. Kirk Cousins had a design running play. Deshaun Watson didn't. And, Stephen, this just goes back to the same old thing with the Texans. It's like the play calling. You know, I was watching – I don't know if you, you, you caught any of the um, Chiefs-Ravens Monday Night Football game.
1: Uh, very little of it.
0: It was really fun to watch because – That Andy Reid knows what he's doing. I mean, just there was constant misdirections. The creativeness, the inventiveness, the different formations, you know, there's just, there's none of that with the Texans. There's no, we're going to try to fool you with some stuff. We're going to try to do some, I mean, it's the same old, same old week in and week out. Uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, okay, I'm a genius. Well, now I'm going to give it over to George Godsey. Now I'm going to take the play calling back. Now I'm going to give it over to Tim Kelly, but I'm going to take the play calling back. Bill O'Brien doesn't know anything about offense. End of story. He's not good. He's not brilliant. He's not a genius. He's got one of the most exciting, explosive players in the NFL. And what does he do? It's pocket passes. It's not, you know, getting Deshaun Watson in space at times so he could run the football. We we saw, you know, a couple of times where they do a, a little read option. You know, once, of course, the disastrous play, but... Where where is all that stuff? I mean, it it almost seems like Bill O'Brien as a coordinator with Deshaun has regressed, and so has Deshaun. They've both regressed. Remember that first few games with Deshaun Watson and the Texans were going up and down the field, and you saw all this all these different things. Deshaun Watson was picking up fifty sixty yards a game. Remember all that?
1: Yeah, yep, I sure do. I sure do. And now it's gone. And and how do you have design running plays for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins? He's not even a mobile quarterback. And you don't have something for Deshaun Watson, but I think it just goes back to what I said a little while ago, Robert. It's, it is a total lack of leadership. There, there is no imagination on this offense. I mean, teams could probably get to the point where when it comes to watching film on the Texans offense, they may just need to take a couple minutes, you know, maybe take a glance at it, but what else do they need to watch? There, there's really nothing to see than what they already see week after week after week. I I just I don't understand. I'm not saying that you have to just, you know, throw creativity in everything and every single play. You've got to pick your spots, but you've got to know when to do it and when not to do it. And if you're talking about somebody like Andy Reid, well, that's one reason Andy Reid has a Super Bowl ring. Bill O'Brien does not. And in my opinion, will not as long as he is coach of the Houston Texans.
0: Here's the other thing that's got to scare you if you're a Texan fan, and if there are any of you who are still out there that are like playing Mister Positivity, <laughs> uh, they do not have a first and second round pick. So as this season implodes on itself, the Dolphins, you know, lick their chops and say, "Hey, look at this—we got a another high pick." You know, as as their season, if their season goes into the toilet, that that's what. You've got. So the Texans, there's no there's no hope coming in next year with first and second round picks. That's number one. Number two, how about this, Steven? Have you heard a Texans draft pick this year mentioned, except for getting thrown out of a football game at all? Anybody? You're
1: you're referring to Ross Blacklock, I take it.
0: Yeah. He's is this the yeah. only time anybody has been mentioned any of
1: the <laughs> any of their draft picks, period? Yeah. Very rarely have you have you heard anything about I mean he's and really he's the only one that I can think of. Yeah, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're cheering for the Texans to go 0-16, because uh, you're, you're going to have a wonderful draft choice next year, and the Texans are going to be looking at middle round, if anything. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is really hard, Robert. I'm trying. I'm really trying hard to have something to look forward to, but where do the Texans go from here? They're 0-4. You know, they they were 0-4, I believe, back in 2008, and they ended up going 8-8, and but what does that matter? They're not going to make the playoffs at that rate. So what do you have to look forward to if you're a Texans fan from this point out and you have 12 games left in the season? It's a, the season is what? A fourth over? Yeah, a fourth, a fourth of the season is done. You're 0-4. What do you have to look forward to with 12 games left? Don't forget, coming up on the schedule,
0: the Titans, and, and they might have two weeks off with the with the COVID thing. They, might got, they got a
1: bye week. That's right. So, yeah, and and that's the other thing to keep an eye on is just what a mess all of a sudden that the NFL schedule is becoming because of these COVID tests and a couple of teams now that have had that problem. So this season may get crazier before it's even over and it has nothing to do with the Texans or at least their play on the field anyway. And if anybody's forgotten, going back to these draft picks I'm talking about, Blacklock
0: you know, as we've said, got kicked out of the one game. I, You know, he's been out there. I, I barely noticed him. Uh, Greenard, has he played, Stephen? Have you, 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 I haven't you, seen him at all. No, I, I have not. Uh, you got Charlie Heck, who was, uh, I, I don't know. He wasn't activated this week. I don't think he's been activated yet. John Reed played early in this season. He got hurt, right? Yeah, I think so. He played, in the, was it the first game? Yeah, and then Coulter, the wide receiver, he was put on the IR before the season even started. Right,
1: right. And that seemed like a stash move, right? Yeah, I think it was. And then so there's, yeah, there's your draft picks this year right there. And it just, and I, I know you can chalk some of it up to the rookies not having the kind of time they did because of COVID, but every team has had that problem. So, you know, there are some rookies who have definitely shined this year and none of them have been with the Texans. In fact, you know, a number of them have been against the Texans. Jefferson, a prime example, like what I just talked about today. And then the uh, rookie running back for the um, for the Chiefs in, in game one. He he made himself look like a, a five-year all-pro running back. I got a fast fact
0: for you. How about this? Uh, all three of the head coaches in Texans history were on the field for this game. Dom Capers, defensive assistant for the Vikings, in case you missed it. And of course, everybody knows Kubiak's the OC, obviously, you know, Bill O'Brien's the third guy. And then, right. uh, you know, there was an interim coach, Wade Phillips, and, and, and he tweeted out, somebody tweeted that out, and then he replied it, or quote tweeted it and said, and and I'll be watching the
1: game from home. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Wade Phillips wasn't there, but uh, yeah, and the uh, three coaches in Texans history actually had, they had a photo op before the game, which was kind of interesting, but Yeah, yeah, that's about the only thing. You can kind of raise your eyebrows on that and say, hey, how about that? That's an interesting piece of history. Um, Didn't do the Texans any good, though, because they're still 0-4. So let's go over just for a
0: second. I want to mention the fact that the Astros and A's schedule was announced. Bad news for the Astros. If you have a 9-5 to work schedule, you're not going to be seeing the beginning of these games. The good news, uh, you won't be up past your bedtime. Here's how it looks. Game one, Monday, 3.07 p.m. Game two, 3.37 p.m. Remember, these are all back-to-back every single day this week. Correct. Uh, Game three, 2.35. Game four, 2.35. And game five, 2.35. You know, the last two, of course, if necessary. So, Stephen, you get some sleep at least with with the schedule.
1: Yeah, with the schedule. If I I don't toss and turn, you know, just having dreams of all the Texans games we've watched this year, uh, at least I can sleep in. And uh, the Astros, I believe the first two games are going to be the uh, visiting team and they'll be the home team in the third game. So that's something else to keep in mind because, you know, they are playing at a neutral site. They're at Dodger Stadium. They're not in Oakland. So uh, being that, uh, they had to decide who was going to be home and who's going to be visitors. So and, and that makes sense. The A's, of course, won the division. They have the better record. So they're going to be the home team the first two games. And then the Astros will be in the third. Have they announced Mike
0: Fires yet as as opposed to like when he's pitching? Is that, are they keeping that a mystery, the A's?
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're going to. I, I, I'm sure they're going to. And, uh, you know, of course, the speculation will be if they, like, if they hold Mike Fires out, the speculation's going, oh, they don't want him to go against the Astros. Well, let's be honest. Mike Fires has not been a good pitcher this year. He He really isn't a good, consistently a good pitcher anyway, but he hasn't been that great this year. He didn't even last into the second inning. In uh, the previous series, in the wild card series, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Is if he's going to play against the Astros, pitch against the Astros, and if not, you know, what all the talk's going to be is, are they just holding him out? But I, I'm sure it's because it's just he's not been that effective this year.
0: So here's the deal: look for our post game shows uh, this week with the Astros. We're going to bring him to you when when we can, and might be a little bit tricky. Uh, on the Thursday and the Friday night or the Thursday and the Friday games, uh, if those are necessary uh, with some work schedule issues with yours truly. So we'll see how that goes, but um, that's going to be a definite must listen. We're going to give you these little quick bite-sized Astros post games like we have been doing. Also a uh, little note today, one of my favorite Astros turned 60 years old. He's known for two things, and let's see if you can figure this out, Stephen. He had the most memorable Astros postseason home run before Chris Burke's home run in the 18th inning. So the most memorable Astros postseason home run. And he also had a cork bat shatter in his hands, which he said was uh, a guy named Dave Smith's bat. But who am I talking about?
1: <laughs> um, the cork bat. Oh, gosh. Um, Billy Doran. No, Billy Hatcher. Billy, Billy Hatcher. Hatcher. Well, you know, I was going to say Billy Hatcher first. I should have gone with my first BS. Got Billy Hatcher. Yeah, that that's right he did have the cork back. I had totally forgotten about that can't forget about the home run um yeah very interesting but one of those big home runs in Astro's history so he's the big six0 today
0: right and I mean that home run I mean that was the home run for the Astros in their first geez 50 years of the fran- or 40 some, some yeah. odd years of the franchise before Berg's home run in the 18th inning and frankly I, I don't know if there was a, a more electric moment. Pre this last Astros run uh, in Houston, I mean, can you think of a more electric moment? I mean, I, Chris Burke, I was there; it was great, but I think people were just so worn down; they were almost too tired to cheer after. That's
1: <laughs> that was me, Robert. I was I was more relieved. I mean, I was happy, but I was more relieved that that game was over. Finally, it was in the 18th inning when he hit that. It's like I think, in fact, I think that's exactly what I said. My my family was watching the game with me, and I finally <laughs> said something like finally, this game's over. But Billy Hatcher's home run, I mean, my goodness, electric is is the best way to describe it. I mean, it, it definitely made you feel like they had a chance, and it it just made it so heartbreaking when the Astros couldn't come through and win that game against the Mets. But Billy was so fun to, I mean, Billy Hatcher
0: was one of those guys that, you know, he was fun to watch on the base pass, kind of electric there. Uh, he had a little bit of pop in his bat. it wasn't too many... We didn't have too many guys at that time that you know where you felt like oh he could hit a home run here it was you know Glenn Davis Kevin Bass and and, and maybe Billy Hatcher can knock one out and of course he did it in that you know infamous foul pole shot uh, with the Mets in game six I mean it was just one of the great g- games ever played But I, I just I love to watch Billy Hatcher play uh, unfortunately like most Astros that that do well in the postseason. Uh, He'll be remembered for cheating, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this is too much of this cheating talk with the Astros, isn't there? I mean, it's just way too much. Yeah, you could
0: throw Mike Scott in that equation. Roger Clemens, Andy Pettis, just on and on. But anyway, uh, we'll move off of that for a sec because, uh, you know, Texans, you know, they seem to lose every single game in the last month. Meanwhile, the Houston Cougars, the
1: good news is they're still undefeated. (laughs) <laughs> they are still undefeated. They're still zero and zero. The you know the season's still young. They they have plenty of time, right? Um, yeah, I don't know how many games they're going to end up playing before the season actually ends. But uh, they're they're still waiting to play a game. Unbelievable. They have got to just. I mean, I don't even know.
0: Like, how do you get excited about a game when it when come Thursday or Friday? You know, you're you're not even you're like waiting. Okay, when are you going to pull out the rug under us this time around? You know, it's just like one of those. It seems like it's a some sort of Abbott and Costello routine
1: with them every single week. Maybe it's a good thing that they're playing a little sooner on Thursday. They won't have to wait so long. Maybe they'll actually get the game in. It's, it's going to be on Thursday night games. So <laughs> maybe that's a good thing for them. So uh, you look at the Texans before we close it out.
0: They're 0-4. You get the Titans next week. The Packers are coming up. I mean, it's the Jags, I guess, is a game that they could win or should win. But who knows? The Texans... It's just, uh, it's 31-23. Still haven't covered a game this year. Still haven't covered a game.
1: No, and that's incredible too, is that, you know, the the Vikings were 0-3 coming into this and the Texans still couldn't cover. (laughs) How amazing is that?
0: Before we close it out, just a reminder, give us your feedback. You know how to do it. Twitter, Facebook, email info at houstonsportstalk.net. I'm going to talk to you again tomorrow. Astros baseball tomorrow. Stay healthy and safe, everybody.